You are listening to a recording from Mayo so Baptist how Church. Do we do we that? invite you That's to come, worship with how us, do we do that? where we strive to love God, well, love Jesus others, said, and serve Well, Jesus said, first there has to be a change of attitude. Remember Philippians 2.5? What does it say? Your attitude must be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And in a word, that's an attitude of humility. You see, it requires us to see ourselves as flawed people, graced, forgiven, restored, so that we can become graced dispensers. That's what I call them. Grace dispensers. Now, if we're not dispensing grace, what are we dispensing? What? What are we dispensing? What typically are we dispensing? If we don't have an attitude of humility, we probably have an attitude of what? Arrogance. Pride. And if we have arrogance, pride, what are we dispensing? Judgment. What else? Hatred. Can't be hatred. Criticism. Condemnation. There's only really two paths. One is recognizing we are flawed, profoundly flawed. We are sinners, yet we have been graced. Therefore, since we have been graced, we are to grace others. Talked with a pastor last night. No, Sunday night. Church split. Busted. We can be assured, instead of dispensing grace within the body, they were dispensing what? What? Judgment. Judgment. Condemnation. Criticism. Out of a spirit of arrogance and superiority. So, the first thing that has to be changed is our attitude. This is what Bonhoeffer says. He says, if my sinfulness appears to me to be in any way smaller or less detestable in comparison with the sins of others, I am still not recognizing my sinfulness at all. You read Bonhoeffer? You know who Bonhoeffer was? Who was Bonhoeffer? He was a German preacher. And he was hung in the end by his convictions. He was in America when hell broke loose in Germany. He didn't have to go back. He was begged not to go back. He went back. He also said, how can I possibly serve another person in humility if I seriously regard his sinfulness as worse than my own? You ever heard the statement? Well, yeah, 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 you know, I'm a sinner, but I certainly hadn't done something like that. That's an automatic, what's the word? Comparison. God's not interested in comparison. Sin is sin. He's interested in humility, repentance, confession, and becoming a grace dispenser. 
So if we're going to love one another, it's going to have to be a change of attitude. I, I, was, I was reading in Ezra this morning. I'm reading through the Bible again, and I was in Ezra. And Ezra, it says that Ezra, their hearts were filled with joy because God had changed the attitude of the king's mind, of his heart. Now, I'm wondering, is there anywhere in your life the attitude needs to be changed? Or there are some in the lives of family members or friends in which the attitude is truly hurting family or friendship? Change of attitude. Second thing, by the way, um, does the name uh, Peter Marshall ring a bell? Who was he? He was. He, 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 pardon me? He was an author, and he served as a um, congressional chaplain. And he once made this statement. He said, if you hold any resentment toward anyone, you destroy the bridge by which God would come to you. Wow. I mean, that's kind of a paraphrase of what Jesus said, isn't it? If you forgive others, I forgive you. Wow. Yeah. See, it, this is what I've noticed. It doesn't matter if it's my life or your life or others' lives. If we hold on to offenses, the love of God grows cold in our hearts and our words become harsh and the sweet fragrance of grace drifts into oblivion. And we begin to think, talk, and relate just as if Christ was not born into our hearts. Wow. A few months ago, Pastor, I became aware of Pastor Oliver Bowles. Familiar with him? Well, I learned that he was 102 years old and still preaching. So I said, I got to meet this man. I finally reached him. Took him to lunch. Had a great two-hour conversation. Um, later called the Florida Baptist Witness. Said, you might want to give this guy a call. They did. This was in the Baptist Witness. Called Tom Kinson, Florida Baptist College. Said, you might want to have this guy come and preach in chapel. Well, he was turning 103 this last Sunday. So a couple months ago, we were talking, and he said, you know, I'm turning 103 on October 9th. I sure hope to have a place to preach on my 103rd birthday. And that just kind of stuck in my mind. And so I arranged for a place for him to preach. Southwest Baptist, across Archer Road there, close to Kanapaha. And um, we, we had a little dinner for him. We had a cake with 103 on the top of it. And he preached. And in the words of a country boy like me, he shucked the corn. You know what that means? He laid it down. But in that conversation on the first day I talked with him, he said, he said this. He said, I've never allowed the way that you feel 
about me to determine how I feel about you. Wow. But Dale, is it that the heart of Jesus? I mean, you think about it. If he allowed the way we have felt about him at times to determine how he feels about us, we'd be in hell. You with me? Yeah. And so, different attitude. I want to tell you, and then I'll move on. I don't want to camp here too long, but I was thinking about it. Again. There was these two guys that I pastored some time ago. And they could not, would not get along. I prayed for them. I prayed with them, sat down with them. They just didn't like one another. And they were not going to reconcile. Well, you know, that's a sore in, in the body, right? And so I did all I could do over a rather extensive period of time. And then I just kind of left it to the Lord. One day, one of them came to me. And he said, Gary, I want to, I want to, I'm going to go and I'm going to reconcile with this, with this guy. I said, well, good, wonderful, awesome. What brought you to this point? He said, when I realized that my attitude toward him was the same attitude that crucified Christ. Are you with me? You see, a bad judgmental attitude will crucify a marriage. I've seen it way too many times. It'll crucify a family. It'll crucify a friendship. And you, get, you let it get loose in a local church. And it'll crucify a church just like the one that split right down the center two weeks ago. Attitude. Second thing, change of understanding. The word here, for love, is a word that you know, agape. It's not an emotional word. Um, feeling is a byproduct of love, but feeling is not love. Love is a choice. It's choosing to extend ourselves. You know, I've never really found a definition of love unless you, of course, say God is love in the Bible. Many descriptions. In fact, the whole Bible is a description of love so let's just say for working purposes love is extending ourselves on behalf of others isn't that what Christ did for us ultimately on the cross yes and so we have to have a change of understanding and that understanding is that we are called to extend ourselves i.e. if need be absorb the pain absorb the disappointment absorb the offense and extend ourselves yet on behalf of the other. Because that's exactly what Christ did. Uh, the names Nelson and Virginia Bell, do they ring a bell with any of you? Uh, that was the parents of Ruth Graham Bell, wife of Billy Graham. So now they were on up in years. Life had changed for them. She was going by to see them one day. 
And she walked in the house, walked down the hallway, and when she turned to go into the living room, she saw her mom sitting in the chair and saw her dad on his knees putting on her stockings. And without, without missing a beat, he looked up to Ruth. He said, Ruth, taking care of your mother is the greatest privilege of my life. See, it's so easy to escape us. But the truth of the matter is, God's love in us calls us to count extending ourselves on behalf of others a privilege. Now, that word's not on every corner on the street, is it? A privilege. See, it's a change of understanding. It's the way we see how we relate to others. And then it requires a change of commitment. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying, and he said, not, not what? Not my will, thine. Not, not God, not Father, what I want, but what you want. Well, see, a change of attitude allows us to become grace dispensers. A change of understanding allows us to move from feeling to choice, and a change of commitment moves us, now hear me, from what I want to what they need. Mm. Um, it was after we had done our training in Ediofa, and we're making the trek back, and we stopped by an orphanage. Um, here's how it happened. Um, about 50 years ago, Archie and Ellen were missionaries in that area. They were there, evangelism, planting churches, etc. They were in one of the villages, and while they were there, some of the villagers brought to them a woman who had just lost her adult daughter and brought with them her granddaughter, baby, a baby, baby girl. Now, you see, the custom was that if the mother died, the baby would be buried alive with the mother. Now, the Congo is not the only place this, this custom has been practiced. There are other parts of the world, in Ecuador, where Steve Saint has done a lot of his work, that was the same practice as well. And so the, this missionary couple, uh, with some resistance, they were able to take that child, save that child, and they took that child home with them. And so love eventually destroyed that practice, that cultural practice. But that was the first child in what became 
this orphanage that we stop at. There was about 50 children there. And uh, they're on hard, hard times. There were better days for them than what they are now. They were in desperate need of, of, of water and of food and of medical care. And I'm getting a team together right now to take them back into the Congo, assuming that we can get into the Congo come February. And we're going to do what we can do. But I was talking with a guy who grew up in that orphanage. By the way, I know of three. One of them is a physician in Kinshasa. Another is a senator in Kinshasa. And another migrated to the States a number of years ago. We finally found him, made contact with him, supported him in going into the Congo August and September to do logistics planning for us. So this is what he said. Because, see, I mean, a lot of times when people leave the Congo, they ain't going back. But he's been back and back and back and back. And he now he's just retiring. He wants to move back. So what drives you, Cheryl? What's, what, what is it? He said, I have a vision burning in my bosom to see children saved and rescued. That's a vision of love. So can I just lift the question? What, what, what vision truly is burning in your heart? I mean, no kidding. That's not a rhetorical question. What God vision is burning in your heart? What God vision is burning in the heart of this church? And young people, I say to you, at your age, now is the time to begin asking God, what is your vision for my life? So he can direct you and so you can avoid some of the pitfalls that are so lurking out there in front of you. You see, love is not what I want what they need you got folks in your family like that you'd rather not you got folks in this church like that you'd rather not but it's not about us it's about what they need well just a couple other things and I'll close this was so unique and kind of hits the nail on the head, so to speak. Amazon Vision Ministries, I was there for the first time 15 years ago in the, in the western Amazon basin and came in contact for the first time with people who had never heard the name Jesus Christ, the Hebrew Narrows River people. And um, we finished our work in Boa Vista and on the flight home, God put a vision in my heart and it was to bring the gospel to the west Amazon basin of Brazil. Now, Southern Baptists have been in Brazil for over 100 years. And the East Basin has had a lot of work. But the West Basin, so hard to navigate, had not. And still, AVM is the one primary consistent force in the West Amazon Basin. And, and the, the vision was to take the gospel to that dark, remote area and go as far west as we could. And finally, after 15 years, 14 years, we arrived there this summer 
we were Father's Point where we nudged up against Columbia and Peru. So a couple years ago, a few years ago now, I was there with a team, and then the, the, uh, the boat manager, Ali, who is a Brazilian, and our translator, myself, we went to explore some, some new villages where the gospel needed to be taken. So we were there, and we were in this clearing and talking to uh, one another and trying to decide which direction to go. And a guy came out of the, out of the jungle, and he introduced himself through our translator. And after he gave us his name and kind of where he was located, he said, good thing that you meet me now and not a few years ago, or you would be meat over my fire. He was a, until God's love. Now, here's the deal, folks. If God, if his love can so work in the mind and the heart of a cannibal, a man who will take your life, eat your flesh, lick his lips, and sleep in good conscience. If God's love can change that human being, God's love can penetrate any challenge, any relationship that we have. If we allow him to do that. P.K. York, he and his wife were married for a long time and uh, <clears throat> enjoyed a, a good marriage together for a long time. I'm going to get some water. I think this is it right here. And then she developed Alzheimer's. Now, that's, that, that mental disease has a high rate of increase in our country. If any of you have been associated with that, with family or friends, you, you know the pain, the pain of it. P.K. York, he took care of his wife. He, he fed her, he bathed her, changed her, clothed her for a number of years. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. And one morning, he had, he had bathed her, changed her, clothed her. And he was, he was brushing her hair. They were standing there in the bathroom, and he was brushing her hair, her long hair, and kind of turned at, at an angle toward her like this, and she kind of toward him like that. And all of a sudden, she came out of her fog. And she asked this question. Do you still love me? Now I want to say something to you folks. That's the burning question in the heart of every human 
being that breathes a breath. Do you love me? So much of what we see happening in our own culture is because the question is being asked and the wrong answer has been given. And we ask God that question. God, do you still love me? And God says, yes, I love you. I gave my son for you. He gave his life for you. I love you. Now, take my love and give it to others. It's been said that love cures people. Both those who give it and those who receive it. And we know that to be true. God is love. That means that love is the essential activity of God. And that means every time we demonstrate love, we are demonstrating the very heart and mind of God and loving God with all of our mind, soul, strength, Let's bow together. Um, would you just think for a moment? If you're a believer, can you, can you think back to that first time that God's love touched your life, changed your heart? Can you see it? You see where you were? Who were you with? How did the good news come to you at that moment? Well, just give God thanks that He loved you and saved you, graced you. And if you can't remember that time, if there was not such a time, then I invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. I'm, I'm confused. I'm lost. I'm blind. So, Lord, because I am, I don't live like you want me to live. I ask you to forgive me, come into my life and save me. Now, if you pray that prayer right there where you sit, then you'll be born into God's family forever there to remain. So I invite you, come to know Christ as Savior. I invite you, if you are saved, just give thanks to God. And then, you know, who are there in this church family that truly needs you to extend yourselves on their behalf. Uh, who is there in your family? Hurt has occurred. Disappointment has occurred. Offense has occurred. And maybe there's a wedge there. God wants to take that wedge down. 
Is God prompting you right now to go to that person or those persons or that family? Say, you know what? God loves me. He loves you, and so do I. And let's get things 